Hello everyone, I'm Glenna Milberg. This is the This Week in South Florida podcast. So great to have you aboard. Today we're talking about a new program that Miami-Dade County is trying to sort of bridge the gap between the constitutional amendment that in Florida now gives most former felons their rights back to vote and the implementing law that Florida lawmakers passed that includes financial penalties that of course may be a hindrance to a lot of former felons paying those in order to get to vote. And with us today we have Miami-Dade State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundle and Miami-Dade's Public Defender Carlos Martinez, both on the front lines of this. Uh, Madam State Attorney, let's start with you because you announced this program this week set up for us the, the process on how this is going to work. Because this has been the whole Amendment 4 and mm -hmm. the implementing statute has been very controversial. Explain. Well, I think one of the things that is fascinating to learn about is that Florida historically has only been one of four states in the United States that actually prevented uh, convicted felons uh, who had paid their debt to society, who completed their sentence, uh, to not be able to register to vote. So Florida then enacted that was that way for a long time. Uh, a lifetime ban. Pretty much. And then they, what they did was they instituted a process where you could go through the Parole Commission Offender Review Panel and ask them if they would please restore your civil rights. Um, but it really, I mean, you look at the numbers and it's just, it was almost a de facto not, it was not a process that was working for anybody of any significance. And if anyone's interested, they can go look at our grand jury uh, reports. We issued one in, in November 2017 in anticipation of this referendum on the ballot. And it was very interesting to look at the history of the different governors, the different administrations that have been in, how many former felons were able to register to vote, uh, how many were not. And so the number is expected to be around 1.4 million in the state of Florida that fell into this position where they did not have the right to register to vote. And so there was that people's initiative uh, known as Amendment 4, which was to change the Constitution because the Constitution is the highest law of the land. And so when you get it into the state Constitution, it's pretty much protected if you like, I mean, there's some exceptions to everything, but it is the, it is the best place to be. And, and the threshold for that is for all constitutional amendments, 60% of the vote, and this passed right. overwhelmingly with, do, do you know 65%. offhand? 65%. 65%. Yeah, five yeah. million. Yeah. Five million. Okay, so con continuing, continuing that nar narrative, Mr. Public Defender, there are now 1.5 million former felons ready to register and then found that court, court costs or fines or restitution or the financial penalties and, and sometimes it's you know a hundred dollars or twenty dollars was a hindrance to that complete sentence. So the challenge that we've had in Florida is uh, the amendment was passed November of 2018 uh, and then the legislature uh, went into effect to try to figure out uh, what they were going to do with the implementing bill and in the meantime, people were able to register to vote. So you had a lot of people who had an idea because the amendment said if you've completed your sentence, you can register to vote. So a lot of people did register to vote. The confusion has happened because like any bill that's filed in the legislature, you have one filed in the House 
You have mm. one filed in the Senate. They go through the committee process. They go through many iterations of the different bills. So you may see a bill that when it comes out, everybody looks at it and says, well, if that bill goes into effect, then that means that nobody will be registered, registering to vote. And then you see the next version or you see the next issue. And it went back and forth, not only within the individual chambers, the House had their bill, the Senate had their bill, but as the process went on, things were taken out. So that things that were determined, those are going to exclude too many people, those things were taken out. You know, I want to ask, let's drill down a little bit yeah. on that, because that's a really interesting concept, is that this became partisan politics almost, did it not? When, you know, some people saw the state legislature as trying to stop Amendment 4 from going through. Others said, well, no, of course we need an implementing bill, although that's not what the amendment said. But others saw this law as clarifying what to do, and it became a very partisan issue. Why is this so partisan? Well, I think, first of all, that a lot of people like to make it partisan, and we, I don't see it that way. I see it as strictly the constant, I'm the chief law enforcement officer mm -hmm. for this com great community, and the Constitution needed to be enforced and upheld and honored, and the state law that, they, that the state legislature ultimately passed, the, although Carlos's description of making the sausage yeah. is a correct <laughs> one. Um, in the end, the product that I have is the law. And so the law as it stands is what I'm enforcing and we believe, Carlos and I are working with the courts and the clerk of the courts and getting some really good um, legal minds to, to, to how do we apply this so that it's across the board, it's not pro-anybody, it's not yeah. anti-anybody, it's pro-people, it's pro-voting, it's pro-the democratic process. You know, you uh, in, in our program that we had uh, on live on Channel 10 earlier, this week in South Florida, the broadcast, Carlos, you explained very clearly the differences between what court costs are and what fines are and what restitution is. And, and I wonder if you would, would sort of share that so that people who are not intimately involved in sure, the sausage sure. understands what the financial components of a sentence are. Sure. So uh, restitution is the part of the sentence where the judge puts somebody on probation or community control, which means continued supervision. And the supervision is for them to do certain things that the court requires or certain supervision conditions not the least of which sometimes it's substance abuse treatment, uh, sometimes it's paying restitution. So during that period of time, the government, which is Department of Corrections, supervises that person when they're paying restitution. Restitution is an attempt to try to make the person whole yeah. or the organization whole. Sometimes it's a company. Uh, sometimes it's the government itself. So for example, you have welfare fraud. Uh, where the person received checks that they were not entitled to, those payments of restitution, those go back to the government. So the restitution is part of a sentence. Now, the challenge that we have is that sentences end. So not everybody's sentenced to life uh, or life supervision. They're sentenced to a term, either a term of jail, term of prison, or term of probation. So the challenge that they had, the legislature had, is looking at the amendment that said completion of the sentence 
and then trying to come up with some definitions, which, by the way, are not in Florida law. Florida law does not have a definition of completion of a sentence. And we looked for that. During mm -hmm. the bill, we're like, okay, can we try to see if there's something that we can utilize? But and it doesn't that have that. To, to someone who is a law layperson, completion of a sentence is kind of a no-brainer in my head. You Here's what you need to do. When you do it, you're done. Is it not that simple? It was that simple to us lawyers, too. <laughs> but because they were making such an issue that we have to have a definition, we then started looking at the law and say, what are they trying to fill in that the law doesn't provide? Uh, so as the process went through, we know that during the legislative session, we, you don't report on everything that's happening during legislative session uh, week by week. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> because things change from committee to committee. Things change, not even from committee to committee. This bill had multiple versions of the last week. Yeah. I can't, I forgot how many versions I read. It's like a telenovela. <laughs> and, it and it can be very confusing, even for lawyers, it can be very confusing trying to right. keep track. But for the general public, the important thing for people to know is that cost, the payment of cost is not required under completion of sentence. Right. Because the payment of cost is not required as part of a sentence. Got it. So the issue of restitution, which is mm -hmm. not involved in this plan, mm -hmm. if a defendant or a, a, a former felon, I should say, owes restitution, that is part of the sentence. It does go to the victim mm -hmm. and it needs to be paid. It does. So um, I'm thinking of in cases of what they call white collar crime. Mm -hmm. and, in, and in fact, the ACLU, and we'll talk about the ACL, ACLU lawsuit in just a moment, but they, um, the ACLU did a video before the uh, passage of A4 mm -hmm. in promotion of it, and starring in the video was a 60-ish white female named Karen Light, who um, led a good life up until she pleaded guilty to conspiracy for insurance fraud, mm -hmm. uh, did her time, paid her penalty, is now a functioning, capable member, contributing of society. Uh, is a, by her own account, a registered GOP voter and owes $59 million mm -hmm. in restitution for her crime, by this plan, she will not be voting ever. Well, a couple right. of things. Um, you're, you're absolutely right about the issue of restitution. I think everyone, hands down, at least as, as I've heard or spoken to, everyone believes that you need to make a victim whole. Sure. Now, obviously, if you ask a victim, which happens regularly sometimes in our system, well, that person can't afford, you know, to give you $1,000 back for the, the car that they broke into or the glass that they broke or the days that you lost work. And so would you, would you be willing to work out a lesser amount? What would you be happy with? So some of that's going to happen. And then you're going to have those extraordinary cases like you just mentioned. I thought that was a fine. I didn't know it was restitution. Um, that example I heard of, she, I haven't seen I, it, I'm going by what she said on the video. Yeah, that you, was my source. I'm <laughs> sure that you're correct, and I, I just heard about it secondhand. I didn't see it. So, I mean, that's going to be a challenge, right? Because you're going to have to figure out, uh, is that something that w could be resolved that will qualify her? Right now, we believe that less than 10% of all the cases involve restitution, as it is. 
So we don't want to get too sidetracked, I don't think, yeah. on those you know, aber aberrations of what if this, what if that. We're trying to deal with what do we do with the, the hundreds, bulk. potential hundreds of thousands statewide in our yeah. jurisdiction. Yeah. I think uh, Senator Pizzo said something like 158,000. So we were really trying to deal with the bulk of the cases, like Carlos says. How are we going to process it? Who, the first thing that people want to know is, do I qualify? Yeah. Does this apply to me? And so where yeah. do they go? And what, what are the questions and what are the answers and what's the process and what do the motions look like? And so that's so what we've really been The uh, Miami-Dade courts set aside three judges mm -hmm. to do right. what's now known as a rocket docket, which uh, what used to be for um, foreclosures, the, mm -hmm. remember the rocket docket yes, for foreclosures? Yeah, yes. So Carlos, the, these three judges in a little you know, ecosystem doing this, is there a prescribed method? Are there standards by which they decide who is allowed to do what to yeah. regain their voting rights? Uh, well, the judges are not determining that somebody can regain their voting rights. The judges are determining completion of sentence. Mm -hmm. But but isn't that part and parcel of the same That continuum? is part and parcel, but I want to make sure that we make it clear because it is possible for somebody to have a case in Miami on which they have a felony conviction in one of Broward County. Huh. The judge is only going to take care of Miami-Dade County. Got it. That's it. Uh, the other aspect of it is you don't necessarily need a court hearing. For mm -hmm. most of them that we've seen, there are going to be cases in which there's no fine and there's no fee in the sentence document. If there's no fine or fee in the sentence document, then what we have is a summary process where we provide a motion, we provide the documentation, the clerk has their own documentation, uh, we uh, consult with the state attorney. They look at their file to make sure it's the same thing. We all agree there's no restitution, there's no fee or fine in the sentence document. We go to the court. Doesn't even have to be in an open court. It could be in chambers. You give the court that information, they look at the file, and the court signs an order saying, based on the information on this case, this person has completed the sentence. So it's very administrative, and we don't, it we is. believe it, correct me if I'm wrong, even in that situation that Carlos just described, the person doesn't even have to go to court. At all. At all, so there's no, it's, it's really administrative. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting issue that you raise because I, I wonder, and I, a lot of your people in your office work with these former felons, what is the engagement level you know, it's a very exciting thing that this passed and these rights, you know, people can be made whole again. But in, in a practical sense, and just from, you know, dealing with people every day, there are varying levels of engagement. Mm -hmm. And what, what have you found is the engagement and desire of former felons to do this? I have found a high level of desire to get to be a part of this. How do I know that? Uh, Kathy has her second chance. A program. There are yeah. people that show up uh, that want to seal or expunge their records, but also there are people that don't qualify because they have a conviction, a mm -hmm. felony conviction. So in those instances, people are going to bring that issue up. Uh, we have the same uh, program that we've had. It's Redemption Project, which we help people seal and expunge them. So right before we announced it, we had one on a Saturday before, mm -hmm. and I was frankly surprised. Because normally this is the how it happens. People want to get their record sealed and expunged, and then you let them know, I'm sorry you don't qualify because you have conviction. Totally upset, mm. typically. People totally upset. I can't believe this. This is on my record. I can't get a job. 
this and that and the mm -hmm. other. However, this one, the Saturday before, I had people and you know, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not here for seal and expunge. I'm here to find out about rights restoration. And I'm like, hallelujah. So we <laughs> This were is a podcast. People can't see how excited you oh. are about that. <laughs> so I just want to put that on the record. This I, is a visual here. <laughs> I, I was very excited because it is kind of depressing to tell people bad news and not have something good to tell them. Yeah. And before I even pivoted to saying, well, you know, you could go through this process where you can review, the people were already there. So we've been able to review some of those and we're processing some of them right now with the mm -hmm. state attorney. So what happens when you process them through this program that you've done and then, you know, the uh, attorney general, Ashley Moody, has not weighed in because there is this court case. Mm -hmm. um, are you concerned that something might gum up these works and you're gonna have to rewind or undo what you've done? Well, you know, I, one is are always tough, right? But, um, you know, we're hopeful that this will do two things. One, we're going to get started. And then we'll obviously... Ask forgiveness and not permission. <laughs> uh, well, we, we think they gave us permission yeah. with the law. Because it's and the law. It's, it's the, the plain law language of the law. And uh, also, can I just add, so to finish that thought, and, um, and then secondly, we're going to start with our second chance programs. We've already intertwined. We're all going to be up and running, and we're going to handle this process until someone comes along and says we can't. What right? is what has been? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to yeah. make one quick point because yeah. for those that are listening, I, you know, this is not only the right thing to do, and it's the law. It's also the smart thing to do, because if you look at any of the statistics, and one I would bring to mind, I'm mentioning the grand jury report again. It was you can find it online, but it talked about those that get re-engaged in their communities. When they're returning to the communities from whatever sentence or prison or jail, they do much better. Their recidivism rate is much lower. And lower recidivism means lower victimization. So there's a whole bunch of good reasons to be really following through on this and making sure that it gets done and that it works. Uh, Miami-Dade is the one county you mentioned before that this program is. Have you talked to, I know in Broward, mm, State yes. Attorney Mike Satz is looking into yeah. this, Palm Beach. What is there something oh. to report about that? Uh, well, mm. I've spoken to the public defender in Tampa, the public defender in Broward County, as well as the chief assistant, uh, Gordon Weeks. Uh, and in Palm Beach, uh, I've mm. spoken to Gary Howitt. Uh, they're all very excited about the program and they're, they're ready to do it, but they have to get the, you know, everyone's buy-in. Everyone to meaning make sure the courts. The yeah. courts, the prosecutor, and everybody to agree, this is the way we're gonna do it, and this is how you can facilitate it. We've been contacted by a lot, everyone that Carlos has spoken to as well, because I've spoken to the state attorneys from Collier County, uh, which is the Naples area, and uh, from the Tampa area, which is Pinellas County, and. David Ehrenberg from West Palm Beach. And you know, and then a judge actually called me for Osceola a couple of weeks ago and I said, we're not there yet, we're working <laughs> on a plan, but we're not quite there yet. And then I'm told that on Friday, uh, I got this second hand, so I can't say for sure, but that the chief judge of Palm Beach County reached out to our chief judge, the very honorable Bertie Soto, to kind of say, what are you doing? And, and one of the things we tell everybody, this plan definitely works for us, um, we think that this is how our circuit, but every circuit's different. Yeah. And yeah, you might have yeah. to tailor-make, take the core of this if you like it, 
and tailor make it to your own community, to your own circuit, and see how it works. But it's all about collaboration. If you don't have all the stakeholders there at that table, figuring out, I mean, and, it, and it was, what, 60 long days. Yeah. <laughs> that our teams, and we all worked, and paper, and we, we, we had plans, and we tore them up, and we start all over again. Well, for, for all of us in the news business that are always poking the bear, like, why did you do this, and why did you do this? This seems like something that's, uh, that's something good, and that's something that'll, that'll work. Uh, Public Defender, Carlos Martinez, mm -hmm. Madam State Attorney, Kathy Fernandez-Rundle, it's great to have you on our inaugural This Week in South Florida podcast. And uh, we will be watching what happens and invite mm. you to report back. Thank you, Glenn, and good luck so with your new Thank podcast. you. Thanks, everyone, yeah. for joining us. We can be found online on Twitter, and you can email me at gmilberg at wplg.com if you like. And uh, we hope to see you back next time, or hear you back next time, as it were. Take care.